Some films are mediocre Some films aren't good or bad Some films won't win an Oscar Globe, BAFTA, or a SAG You like those flicks? Come get your fix In a podcast called Mixed Bag Kia ora! Welcome to Mixed Bag where we review the muddled meh, mediocre, and mixed movies. <laughs> you got it, you got it. Of film history. We're keeping that in. We're, I, not, we're not doing it again. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm Matt. I'm, I'm James. Ca- oh, I didn't know which was going next. I'm Cassandra. You did a big swallow. You were, you were prepping. Yeah, I was in the middle, I, I was in the middle of the right swallow. In. Nice. This is a bad episode so far. We <laughs> just mixed it's it up. Very reflective. It was well, set, like, it? who knows? Such a great, you know. We've been trying to start this and just kept like exiting from the task for the last hour. Like. Yeah. All of my body is telling me not to do this podcast. Yeah. I had a, a beautiful day walking around Island Bay, Calm, down to the water the first time. There were so many because we're recording this on the Saturday. So many families out. It was a beautiful day with like their tiny little kids. And kids are just so generous with like their smiles. They just look up at you and they're like, ah. and you're like, yes, yeah. smile, yeah. No, you lose a, a couple of brain cells looking at like your smiley kids. Yeah, 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 because you just you just want to act act like the kid. Cluck cluck. Yeah. <laughs> All the parents listening to this are just like, oh, no, happy, yeah. happy days. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was a nice day out here in Wellington today. Um, a nice reprieve from the harsh winter we've been oh, experiencing yeah. so far. Ravaged by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she can't make up her mind. Some days she's, like, mildly chilly and, like, there's a peak of sun. And others, the um, the rain stabs you in the face because yeah. the wind, um, yeah, you know, blows, blows it horizontally. It's that, yeah. classic, that classic Wellington climate. Mm. Yeah. My yeah. dad... I grew up in Hamilton and the Waikato, and he'd be like, ah, the, the Waikato weather. He'd, like, love, like, a... Bracing. S- yeah, a slight chill in the air. So, I mean, he should, you know, get used to this Wellington weather where the beautiful cold of the wind. Yeah. I just keep thinking if, like, I ever move overseas that I'll just keep... I, that I think that Wellington weather will be, like, absolute shit if I just, like, you know maintain uh oh i'll go to a city where where the nice weather is just like maintained all year round and you're like oh damn we have to ravage uh, we have to like suffer through like a ravaging winter to, i think the thing about to get to like a really nice summer the thing about wellington is just that our houses are so shit that, 100%, like, 100%. you know we're not just just we're just poorly you know this is bad infrastructure in this city to anyone listening cold. who wants to move to wellington Go on, but like you know, just just know. <laughs> I'm not gonna say don't come here. Just like, just know that the housing bring is, some jerseys, uh, bring some blankets, yeah, bring a hot water bottle. We've got pop up libraries. We've got a limited number of of movie theaters. No we don't have a multiplex. R.I.P. Our library is uh, our central library is like you know been gutted and split to like and, different small and satellites. And we have no mayor. The mayor doesn't exist. There's no mayor. Excuse me. We do have a it's mayor. A ghost mayor. Um, <laughs> Mittens. Mittens, the mirror, the, the eternal mirror of Wellington. <laughs> yeah, um, So, talking about movie theatres and uh, libraries and things like that, she talk about what we got up to in pop culture in the last t- couple of weeks. Pop, 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 pop corner. First. <laughs> uh, I'll go first, I'll go first. Um, I finally saw Hamilton. Finally. Oh, God. Um, 
No, it was good. I, I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Uh, no, look, I do have issues. I'm, I was, I'm like 90% of the way there. To me, and this might not be other people's problems with Hamilton. To me, my big problem with Hamilton is that like, like the rapping. Because I feel like rapping and hip-hop is very, like, cheese-averse as a genre. And to me, something about Hamilton feels kind of like Mr. Shoe and Glee. Like, that type of, like, rapping. Mm. It's very corny. And Lin-Manuel... Like educational rap. Yeah, yeah. Lin-Manuel is, like, the epitome of a cornball. I mean, I got over it by the end, but a part of me was just... You're still like, what is this? Why are you Latinx, Mr. Shoe? <laughs> like, but, um... That's, no, a, I, that's a read, but yeah, pretty fair one. Yeah. Um, no, but other than that, I think it was very impressive. The, the lyric work, the production, all of it is pretty virtuosic. Um, Lynn was not great in the role. I wish, like, I would really love to see, like, I yeah, obviously I've seen Lin-Manuel live because mm. I saw it on stage. Um, but I'd really love to see Javier Munoz, who's the ultimate, yeah. um, who mm. apparently, like, do you the people say, like, not as good a rapper, but a much better singer mm. than Lin-Manuel? And he was it his made, ultimate is he a better actor? Heights as well. Because to me, it was, that was... I think, I, I would say Lin-Manuel's actually a very good actor for the stage, but just one of the people yeah. that doesn't translate very well to the You know who version. I didn't yeah. enjoy as much as well? Philippa. She's just so bland. I would say, I, I think, think she's doing some character. subtle things yeah. with the character. A little bit, but I was just I like... I think it's not as showy a character as some of the other ones, but, but I, I, think I don't know. a strong, I, subtle... I went and she's cast role. in like an angelic kind of life. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think... I think you know, I I, I went into like a bit of a wormhole of just like checking out the different productions. And I feel like you can, you can be more alive of a presence as Eliza. I think... I don't know, with Helpless, you have such a bop, and she's, like, dead behind the eyes, girl. Like, at least be more coquettish or something. <laughs> I'm just thinking of that video that came out recently where there's, like, a little girl, like, watching Hamilton. That's true. And she's like, who's that? And it's like, me. It's me. She's very nice. It's very cute. Very cute. So sweet. But, you know. So you, you're not going to see Philippa and Amelie, which has close. <laughs> and yeah. uh, had extremely mixed reviews. And so was this it the was other mixed one, bag the musicals per, edition. Yeah, <laughs> the Parisian Woman is the other one that she was on, I think. Uh, I don't know anything about no, that. But um, No, I mean, I like her, but it could have been... I, she's not the only Asian actress on Broadway. <laughs> Did you have a, an MVP, a Renee Lace Goldsberg? Yeah, or? duh. Yeah. I'm a satisfied kind of bitch. <laughs> Come on now. So you were, overall you were satisfied by the product? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, no, everyone was great, mostly, except the ones <laughs> that I, I dragged for film. I also, oh, honestly, MVP, um, uh, what's his face? Who's the white guy? Jonathan Groff spit. Yeah, Jonathan Groff spit, like the it's slobber. a journey in itself. <laughs> Yeah, um, we, I had heard about it, but I wasn't I quite strongly expecting I wasn't that. ready. I'm like, yeah. honestly, this is my issue on stage, except that I don't have the um, discipline to let it just dribble out. Yeah. I just build up saliva in my mouth, and then I'm like, i got to swallow what choke. Do you reckon, and then sometimes Groff, I just choke mid-note. It's pretty bad. Groff's it's happened before. Like, <laughs> glee, and like, he's sung on film before. Do you reckon he has to be like, don't use that tank? Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I would imagine on I, Glee they're not singing live. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> no, no, they are. Yeah, that's right. That, that they're not. That could still yeah. kind of come out. Oh, yeah, they're always lip syncing. But I feel like, like if it does come out, I feel like he doesn't even have to do it. The, the editors are probably like, well, not that. <laughs> but I love that there were yeah. three film productions. Yeah, yeah. That that Hamilton is, was they, they had together, three takes of that. So that it's not, that's the best they had. They had yeah. Or what they were like, Lynn, is this all good? And he's like, do it. You know, yeah. besties with John. Mm. Yeah. 
No, so I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. What else did I see? I saw The Old Guard on Netflix, which How is... How did you like that? I, I thought it was fine. I like the... Um, have you guys seen it? No, no. I'd sort of... Like, James started watching it and was like, I don't know about this. And then we it's watched something else. It's just the, the dialogue was a little handy. Yeah, that's the thing. The dialogue was the... Like, the, the way it was written, the script, uh, the dialogue wasn't the strongest. But I was interested enough in the story and in, in the concept and um yeah i keep on trying yeah. to start it again because the concept sounds really cool yeah and... so what it is is like it's not i guess a huge spoiler it's just like they uh are a group of kind of i don't know mercenaries, mercenaries yeah. um and they are immortal with a caveat well i'm not gonna say what it is yeah. but they're from like different kind of yeah. eras like she's yeah Greek, um... she's yeah she's old as fuck like yeah. you know um and um, there's a couple, literally a couple, who met in the Crusades. They um, they killed each other several times, and which is really nice that like um, there is like some LGBTQ representation in this genre, which mm. doesn't happen very often, and it's not commented on. It just is, which I loved, and oh. it's actually like there's like a, a monologue in in the middle of the film, which is really sweet, and. You can see Twitter like losing their marbles over like um, this this gay couple. Yeah, and, and consider um, this. So yeah, if you're listening, yeah. Um, Lucas, like yeah, we've informed you about. Sorry, who? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Lucas no. on Twitter was like, "Why did nobody tell me about this couple?" Yeah, well, because he's a sloppy bitch. Okay. Quote quote knives are out. No, I'm, I'm just on podcast mode. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I, no, I, I enjoyed it. So I think it's worth a watch. Um, and Kiki Lane from it's if Beale street could talk is also in it. And you just like, I, what I loved about this film also was just like a host of European, like acclaimed European actors that they just like got for this, like American, like, um, action film. So you've got like Luca Marinelli and like Matthias Schoenartz and, and, um, Anna Maria Marinka and all these people who are just like, you know, they've they've won raves for like really art house films and they're just like in this stupid like action film. Which and it's is amazing really cute. that, yeah. that the, uh, Netflix is supporting it so much with the Absolutely. director who oh, made yeah. Love and Basketball. Like. Yeah, Gina mm. Prince Blythewood. Oh my God, people watch Love and Basketball, honestly. It's such a good film. I still have to say it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, in terms of TV, I don't know if I watch anything. Oh, I mean, I'm just waiting for Shea Kool-Aid to be crowned tonight in All Stars 5. Hopefully, by next episode, I won't be regretting that. <laughs> oh, it's all happening tonight. Right. We I mean, it's already that. happened. Yeah. I just haven't watched the episode. so we have They don't know what time of day we're recording this. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Um, and, uh, no, nothing else. Oh, uh, Miss one Miss Taylor Swift. Um, released an album that jacked Nelly Furtado's album title from 2000 and something. No, um, she released, released an album called Folklore, which is kind of um, a departure for her. It's more like folksy and alternative. And like, I don't really like Taylor Swift as a person, but um, I generally kind of like her music because I think she's a good songwriter. And um, yeah, I think it's like a good... Um, win- like winter album it's very like melancholic and like I feel like I'm just like locked up in the woods with some flannel and um, yeah. I don't know I well I listened to it this morning and I was like walking through Cuba Street and like the first track just got me and I was like don't 
cry on the streets of Cuba. <laughs> yeah. I, I had so a, stupid. I had a similar feeling where it like hooked me. That first one is really strong. And like a couple of like the, the open the, the first few tracks are like, yeah, powerful and then it kinda I kinda dropped off. I guess my main thought would be with Taylor is like if you can't get T.S. Eliot, then <laughs> you can get, get T.S. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. Well, have you seen that video? No. Oh, my God. Uh, when she's it's talking about why uh, Angela Ludwig decided to collaborate with her for the new song oh my Cats 29 too. And she literally a says direct that. Quote. Taylor, what are you, you doing, can't girl? You get T.S. Eliot. Oh, you get T.S. So One thing I, I will say about this album is she, she works with, um, like, Bonnie the producers. Bear. Bonnie Vare, obviously. Who I saw in Wellington, and then someone in the fucking crowd, while he was playing, was like, Woo, Bon Iver! <laughs> Clearly not a fucking fan. Go home, bitch. Um, and um, some Go people bon from. Iver. Bon Iver. <laughs> some people from the National. So, like, you know, she's um, reaching out to these indie people. And um, I respect that. Give them more coin. But Whenever I think about yeah. Bonnie Vera, I just think about that Chris Fleming tweet about Bonnie Vera and Sufjan Stevens in their nest together. Oh my God, uh, Sufjan is releasing a new album also, soon. Also, Sufjan calls him Bon, which uh, just makes bon. me laugh. It's like a small dialogue. Chris Fleming, great comedian. Look him yeah. up. When's his album coming uh, out? Soon. Oh, um, yes. You can watch the. Uh, you can watch. I mean, you can watch on YouTube, but you can listen to the tracks America that you released and the B-side, My Rajneesh, which is far superior to America. Um, but yeah, that's just me being excited about Sufjan. Yeah, I haven't who kept is, up with his latest uh, mysteriously queer, like he is. I mean, I've I, seen, I feel like everyone knows I've that. I've seen pictures it's, of it's, his boyfriend. Sufjan like, Stevens Gay is the song yeah, about God. Yeah. It's the, there's a Facebook group called that. Yeah. Um, in terms of music stuff, I'm going to move into my popcorn. Go on, go now. on, go on. Um, just want to shout out to The Chicks, formerly oh, The Dixie yes. Chicks album yes, Gaslighter, which is skimmed, a lot of fun. I've skimmed it. The album, I it's a lot of fun. Um, if you're just like, I don't know, I've like, I feel like I've gotten into like particularly female led country music mm, in the last like, you nice. know, decade. Um, going, going from something that I did not have an exposure to sort of growing up, um, and then realizing like actually this fucking rules, yeah, uh, and yeah, just a lot of time for this album. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of like specific, uh, specific detailed revenge against yeah. Natalie's terrible ex husband, yeah, Adrian Pazda. I love, yeah, no, those, those <laughs> Adrian Pazda, I only know from Heroes as the politician who's brothers with Milo Ventimiglia but I was like ooh I had to like look up all the tea about the boats and the tights and the boats tights on my boat ah what a song I don't know James we'll listen to this afterwards look it up Uh, yeah the only one that I know uh, of their recent album is um, the single that they they kind of dropped their protest song um which What's is a bit called? of a departure from the rest of the album, mm, which is yeah. very divorce-related. Um, but I it's think. a great song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you do not cross Natalie Maines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I can't wait for Casey Musgrave's divorce album. Mm. Mm. Although she posted a thing on her Instagram recently, and her husband slash ex commented on it. So I feel like they're on good terms. Boo! Boo. The best thing about women in country music is, like, vicious ex-boyfriend, yeah. exactly. ex-husband yeah. songs. Yeah. Like, exactly. Get some uh, best songs. Uh, my little piece of music, uh, I guess I forgot to shout out for the last couple of days, is last couple of days, last couple of weeks, is Ineo Morricone um, passed away a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I realized that I had the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly soundtrack um, on my phone, which I just keep soundtracks on my phone. Yeah. Um, it's really nice Nerd. just to <laughs> listen to like a really good, passionate soundtrack. And Been walking out to the beach, it's a good Yeah, I was listening to, listen to a podcast where they were saying that um, Sergio Leone would like 
extend the film so that the whole track would play like the reason why that like huge Aww. long like mexican standoff at the end is so long is to honor the soundtrack what so, good respect between nice. artists yeah, like, yeah. feeding off so, each other i um, love that play some Murakone, uh because he is one of the best and yeah, yeah r.i.p that good and the bad the, that good bad and the ugly score is one of the few film scores i can retain like i have like a really good memory for film but i and for music in general but i just where they intersect but no? just I cannot, like, when people mention a score, I'm like, what does that sound like? Right. I don't remember. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm listening to a podcast right now where they, they're listening to the Mission Impossible. They're watching the Mission Impossible films, and the producer, like, can't remember how the Mission Impossible <laughs> track goes. That's such an iconic he, one. He keeps on doing James Bond. Da da da. Oh wait, I just did Mission Impossible. Yeah, you just did yeah. like, Mission James Impossible. Bond? Um, now I can't remember. Dun 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 um, yeah, any visual media that you guys have been consuming? <laughs> We've media. been watching know. some films. Um, so I realised we both watched... I was like, what is a film? together. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I see. Um, but yeah, we both introduced to a new f- uh, film that the other had watched, uh, the other had not watched. Well, to each what other. is happening to you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to work so out how to... Do we need to reboot cast? Let's just reboot cast. Drinking some what wine. I'm trying to say is uh, both James and I introduced a film that was an old favourite of ours to the other. Oh, yes. Um, and Cute. we also watched... Uh, a couple of new films together. Um, Stop. So one uh, one film that I introduced to James that he'd never seen was Ever After, mm. late nineties oh, Drew Barrymore classic, uh, yes. and it is just as charming as I remember. Uh, yeah. It's so sweet. They yeah. have you such know a cute love story. Also... Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. Great. Love. You should it. also watch. This is the iconic Cinderella of my childhood. Was the Brandy Cinderella? James also hasn't seen that, and so we got to watch on the YouTube. Brandy Cinderella ah. oh. with Paolo Montalban. A strong, like my parents, yeah. particularly my mother, were like very uh, uh, proactive in showing me lots of like non-white princess yeah, archetypes as a child, and that like, was one of the things that they showed me when I was a kid. No, and you should um, you should watch with, it because you know I only had uh, the the brown Barbie dolls. When oh, I was nice! A child. Yeah. We only had Teresa and Christy. I didn't know they had names. <laughs> yes. Teresa is the Hispanic one. Christy is the black one. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the Cinderella one. She, uh, her mother is Whoopi Goldberg, and um, her dad is. Oh, no, Victor I think Garber. that's the the Queen and the King. Oh yeah, Whoopi that's Goldberg. the prince. That's and the then princess. the prince. I can't remember what his yeah. name is as the actor, but he's Pelham Asian. Montalban, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, that's that's the, his parents are Whoopi and, and Victor Garber, and the fairy um, godmother Whitney Houston. is Whitney. Yeah. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Star started. Anyway, no, we got to watch uh, yeah. that sometime. Anyway, Ever After holds um, up. Also, should watch that. They're both like just great, like yeah. post-feminist interpretations of the Cinderella story. Yeah, mm. you could do a double bill with that and Ooh. the Wiz. Apparently, they're mm. doing mm. Um, another Cinderella with Billy Porter as the fairy godmother. I don't. So I'm not. I'm not too sure. I'm like. Also, we just had a Cinderella yeah, with Lily James. We don't need more Cinderellas. At Shuka well, Theatre, Cinderella the pantomime is a common too. So it's all about Cinderella. That's really the, all the the national international yeah. examples yeah. of Cinderella. Um, I just want to touch back on Ever After because I, I, I had seen some Angelica Houston and I've seen her like play great big roles, cartoony roles, and she's mm. incredible at that. Like, you know, um, Morticia and um, and the Queen Witch. Queen Witch? The From Grand High Witch. Grand High Witch. Um, incredible at those. But, like, this was a character where it felt a little bit more grounded, and she really nailed it. She was she's really, nasty like, in a much subtle, more subtle way. And, like, twisting oh, the knife great. that I just really oh. loved. Um, you should watch 
The Grifters, which is her best performance. Ooh, I hadn't seen that yeah, either. Yeah, where she's uh, a grifter. <laughs> and, um, uh, and her... And Annette Benning is also in it, in a lovely supporting role. Hmm. You should watch it. Cool. Yeah. Um, what else? What did you show Cass? Yeah. The film that I showed Cass, um, which I hadn't seen for a while yet, and I wanted to see a, a while since, and I wanted to see if it held up, was Yee Yee, a one and a two. Oh, yeah. By, the last one yes. by Edward Yang. Edward Yang. Um, yeah, and it was made in the 2000s, um, yeah. and it's a really beautiful film. Oh, I so kind of beautiful. I, I, <laughs> Cass was, like... It was seven o'clock and I was like, okay, I want to watch a film. And then I like put it on and whenever and I, I said, start this is to a introduce slow film, film, isn't it? And James is like, yeah, it's beautifully slow. And I was no, like, no, no, no. Oh. I, I was like, <laughs> is it slow? I was like, yeah, kind yes. of. And you're like, how long is this? And I was like, oh, you know, knowing that it was three it's hours. It's quite long. James yeah. was like, it's like two hours. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, two hours. And I was, and then I introduced another character and I was like, hold on. <laughs> I made a point not to yeah. say specifically two hours because I was like, oh, you know, it's it's like a film length. Um, keeping you said, it vague. You said a number and I'm pretty sure you said two hours. Um, <laughs> Just a straight up lie. Yeah, it's it's a really beautiful film um, that like is uh, starts with a marriage and ends with a funeral and is basically a look at the life of, of a, a, a family, um, a, a father, son, daughter, uh, mother and their various kind of lives and how kind of disparate they are because um, they, they all are like undergoing these like huge tumultuous kind of times in their life but it's kind of observed in a very quiet naturalistic way and it's so beautiful and um, yeah really sad and, and goes in unexpected kind of ways. It's got a very uh, sort of like sinister air to it, um, like a sort of air of foreboding. <laughs> I found mm, while watching it yeah. that like I spent the whole time extremely worried. There's a very small boy, Young Young, who is the like uh, the tiny boy of the family, who's just adorable child actor, mm. um, and is kind of also the in some ways like the insert character for Edward Yang, the filmmaker, because mm. um, the boy's very interested in photography and he gets obsessed with the idea of like um, how can you see what's behind you because like you can only ever see from your own eyes and so mm. he starts taking photos of everybody else's the back of the head to yeah. help them out um and i was just expect the entire thing being like is something bad gonna happen to young young like it just seems very sinister and i was yeah. very very worried yeah, for a lot of the you're waiting yeah, you're for the right. other shoe to drop and you just know some, something some... bad is gonna happen yeah. yeah it's dealing with those large themes of like life and death um mm. so you know that there's gonna be some death along the way um and whether or not Yang Yang makes it out alive or not, you will just have to see it to find um, out. Yeah, it's a very slow film, I will say. So be something. Watch it when you're in the mood yeah. to watch a slow film. Yeah. No, that's the um, thing with like those, those, those long films. You just have to devote an afternoon, like Lawrence yeah. of Arabia. Ugh, I remember watching that multiple times. As my dad loved that movie for some reason. <laughs> it's just long, but I do like it. I get. I guess like th- there's there's a difference in my mind of like films that are long and then also like feel long like lawrence of arabia well like it doesn't move at that kind of glacial pace no, as no. yee yee yeah it's Whereas just like it would that one and the films of tarkovsky i'd be really keen to show you as well because they that. like move they're really slowly slow. but they're quite mesmeric if you're in the right mood um but yeah you got to be in the right mood or else you're like fuck this nonsense i'm yeah. gonna watch jeopardy you know yeah 100 you have to be in the right mood because even when yeah, even when I start those films and I get like halfway through and I'm just like, okay, well that's tomorrow's tomorrow's gonna be the second half of the film. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I have a whole thing where like I remember when James and I first started going out that he would 
just pause films when it got too late. And, yeah. like, that's just not how like, I have to f- watch the whole film. Do you? And so, like, if it's, like, 10 p.m. and James would be like, let's watch a film, I'd be like, no, it's, <laughs> we got to go to bed soon. What are yeah. you talking about? Um, like, no. I don't have, I'm not going to have the energy to stay awake for two and a half hours and watch this full film. And whereas James would watch it for half an hour no, and be I'm like, pause, we'll yeah. watch it later. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you commit to the film. It's very hard to consume the amount of films that I wanted to be consuming and still want to, but I don't watch as much. Um if you don't do that, I think, because, like, yeah, yeah you're trying to fill up different, as much of your time. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah. 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 Um, we've done, this is a very long pop corner because we just don't want to talk about the main film, I think. Does it feel um, long? It doesn't but, feel that long. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, but there's two other films that we watched that are new ones. Um, should we talk about those? Yeah, talking of, of time and how it's precious, uh, this is a film that's totally without, uh, the opposite of that. Uh, Palm Springs. It's so fun. Oh, my it's God, so I want to see it. Oh, you've got to see oh. it, Matt. You will love it. I yeah. feel like it's incredibly up it's your great. alley. Yeah, it um, seems like it's up my alley. So we're going to, there's <laughs> like the premise of the film, uh, if you don't know, could be a spoiler for you. Like there's like 10, 15 minutes of the thing where it like, it it is eventually revealed. But I went into of, the film with knowing this was the spoiler and yeah. it didn't um, yeah, ruin my experience. So we're just going to give it away now. It's a time loop movie. Groundhog Day style. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it is using that text like definitively as a, like a launching point. You couldn't have Palm Springs without Groundhog Day. Yeah. It's specifically like the characters basically need to know that there is such a thing. They needed to have seen Groundhog Day like, to, um, for yeah. it to make sense. And you're kind of coming in at that point with Andy Samberg where like the start of this film is like the third act of Groundhog Day where he is so used to everyone's routine yeah. that he's just like insane. He can do whatever that. he wants and, guess, and nothing means anything anymore. Yeah, I guess the difference of this piece is that it's around, um, I don't think we've ever seen a time loop movie, maybe, I don't know, with uh, two people that are aware that they're in a loop. I think yeah, the closest uh, is Russian, Russian Doll, Doll um, which, <laughs> but has a very, very different conception yeah. of how yeah. those rules work. Oh my God, I just um, flashed back yeah. to like, when I used to watch, you watch, read fan fiction, like the time loop was one of my favorite genres to read. That's so fun. Because it's just redemption and people yeah. like, you know. Yeah. I think everybody has an idea of what they would do if they were in a time loop. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like I think it's kind of like, you know, what you would do if you had like infinite money and infinite mm. time and infinite whatever. Yeah. Like, and this yeah. one's kind of using that motif as like to explore monogamy and marriage and relationships and like what it's like to be with one person over and over and like if you can find peace in that or like yeah what that kind of looks like and so it is very much leaning into those like trappings as like a a rom-com uh which i love good rom-com yeah i'm such a sub for rom-com yeah there are so many delights throughout the film um the cast is great um yeah i don't want to get too much into it because there's just Andy so many Andy Samberg. That's Andy all you need Sandberg. to know. Yeah, who is like... Who doesn't like him? I watched Everybody a couple of episodes of, of Brooklyn Nine-Nine um, before today as well, cutting some time. And he's so big on that. And he is big in this film too, but he, he's got some moments where he is <sighs> like beautifully restrained. And I was mm. like, this man's a movie star. He's just, like he's always needed the right film and this is the right film. Yeah, he's, so watch it. I just it. love him. I, he's one of those people who I didn't realise I loved until just like... Oh yeah, I really like Andy Samberg. Yeah, he just seems like a very sweet, genuine person. Yeah, and I and feel like funny. that's part of the like you yeah. know, persona of people yeah. that you love, as opposed to just like oh, I enjoy their work. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Yeah. yeah. And the last one that we saw, we went to the cinema and we saw The Personal History of David Copperfield. Oh, how was um, that? Which is a lot of fun. Um, Dev Patel, great. Yeah. Um, there's some really, like, huge departures from the original source material. Yeah, it's quite divisive for um, people like my parents who are yeah, like, yeah, not very so accurate. Do, does he not do magic anymore? <laughs> In fact, he does magic, but with his mind. (laughs) With the power Um, of his words and his voice. He does a lot of impressions. Is that in the book? No, the impressions and acting and stuff. Yeah, Um, so my parents were like, I forgot he did all that stuff. And I'm like, that's because that's not in the book, (laughs) you guys. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it really sort of reframes David Copperfield as kind of like a slight sort of Dickensian autobiography kind of thing, where it's about Mm. the idea of somebody who, you know, the idea that David Copperfield wrote this whole history of his life, and so that means that he's a writer that's great at capturing different characters. Um, And so it sort of goes into like him as a writer, him like finding phrases that he's written down and like uh, impersonating all of the different interesting people he meets throughout his life. C.D. Charles Dickens, D.C. DC. Ooh. Ooh. Um, anyway, just <laughs> Dev Patel. We love him. Handsome, charming. Yeah. Always winning. It's I, just, I just love when, when Dev, um, you know, disowns Avatar. Yes. Like it's shit. Uh, Apparently, though, like Dev Patel was like talking shit about the Avatar film, like doing press for yeah, the yeah. Avatar He's film. He's literally like signing autographs and saying, no, "I'm sorry about the, this. Sorry, I'm about, the sorry film. about the film. Oh, it's shit." Yeah, I Look. still can't wait oh, King. for the Green, <laughs> right, King. The Green Knight. Yes, um, David Lowry. He's in the lead with David Lowry. Um, story of um, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Yeah. It looks so fun. Um, I'm prepared to handle a little bit of Joel Edgerton in order to get my Dev. Oh, he doesn't like Joel. I I just I think Joel's too big. Um, and he I have no opinions on Joel Edgerton. No, really? I don't no. know. What's have, he in? Oh, you should get your opinions. Have you on seen? No, I feel is. like here. Okay, what have I seen him in? Um, He's in the Great Aren't there two Edgertons? Yeah, sure. Who's the other one? Taron Egerton. No, 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 not Taron Egerton. Isn't there another Egerton? Joel Edgerton. Yeah, there's another one around. Is there like a brother? Yeah, I think he's... There's a brother? Well, those Australians have brothers. Oh, maybe, it, this, maybe it's just one and I've been yeah. assuming like, there were two of them. He's a he's a writer and director. He, <laughs> have you haven't seen Animal Kingdom? I have. Yeah, oh, he's, so he's in that. He's, um, oh, he's long the, ago that I don't remember yeah. like any specific he's like things other than... the guy... Um, Jackie, Weaver. Jackie Weaver. He plays yeah. like the Janet Lee role in Animal Kingdom. Where you're like, oh, this guy's going to be in the whole movie. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking, like, is there I an didn't older want to give it away, version of yeah, Janet yeah. like, where yeah. that Janet Lee um, was in? What are you talking about? I think, um, yeah, I think you should watch Loving James. He's quite good in that. I don't, like, I'm not a fan of him in yeah. general. I think he's fine. But I was very impressed with him in Loving. Okay. With him and I, Ruth Nega. I like the kind of work that he does. I just feel like he he's just maybe puts himself in roles that I I think are a little bit too big for his chops. Like mm. they should um, you know who they should hire? Jake Chillenhall. <laughs> <laughs> he he made a good film with um Jason Bateman, which I can't remember the name of, but it's something to do with like the the visitor, the neighbor. Like, do you remember this? Where it's like it's him presenting a present. The gift. The gift, that's what it is. I was gonna say the box, but then that's the um, weird like, Frank Langella You know one. he gives a present. <laughs> uh, the gift I always um uh get confused with the guest. Which oh, is, with Dan Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. I think of that, I was thinking of The Giver. The Giver. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're the all guest. like pretty genre hey, you know, pretty you know, entertaining genre films. But you do know who's in The Giver. <laughs> no. The Marvelous Miss Meryl Streep. <laughs> well, there we go. So it's time so to get to our let's do feature it. presentation. Feature presentation. Who picked this? Matthew Loverains. Why? Why did what? you make us watch She Devil? All right, look. Look, it's, the marvelous Meryl Streep season continues with the 1989 Susan Seidelman comedy 
Oh, is that what we're calling it? (laughs) Did you not hear the intonation of my voice? Um, She Devil. So She Devil's. Wait. Am I intru- how much am I introducing? Uh, yeah, I'll, yeah, do yeah. The, I'll do the plot, yeah. but you do the rest. <laughs> um, well, let's let's do movie in a minute and then we'll do... Sure. Should we do the movie in a minute now then? Sure. Yeah. Um, Did anyone have any history with it? Anybody, yeah. Anybody seen this before? Got any knowledge of it? I have not it? seen She-Devil. I really wanted to see She-Devil because I greatly enjoy Meryl and Death Becomes Her and a lot of people and a lot, like just like in general, Death Becomes Her and She-Devil have been kind of lumped together as like... The, I can see why, but I will also say, how dare they? The, the, yeah, um, yeah, they've been loved together as the Meryl Streep comedies, you know, pre-Devil Wears Prada that, you know, uh, are, are of note. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll watch that at some point. I'm, and I think Meryl Streep season was the perfect opportunity to watch She-Devil um, because I greatly enjoyed Meryl and uh, I also greatly enjoyed... Death becomes her. So I was amazed that uh, my my history with this is I didn't know a fucking thing about it. It like, just sped off the face of the earth. But then I asked my parents afterwards, and they were like, both mum and dad and my brother were all like, oh yeah, I think I remember that. Like my brother, I think my parents definitely, um, and they knew the book as well, which um, we'll get into. Yeah. In a bit. All right. So I'm gonna summarize the plot for you guys in a minute. And do it starting from now. So there's a woman played by Roseanne Barr called Ruth. She's married to this guy, Bob. For some reason, um, Bob manages to start an affair with a very attractive romance novelist played by Meryl Streep. Bob, um, well, Ruth finds out about Bob's affair. Bob gets kicked out and he decides to go and live with Meryl Streep, his new lover. Um, and Ruth decides to destroy his life and revenge. So she decides to burn down the house. That means that their two children are going to have to go live with him and go live in the fancy mansion with um, Mary, which is Meryl Streep's character. Then she decides to move into, like, to start working at the rest home. Where Meryl Streep's mother lives, um, and trick it so that uh, the mother gets kicked out of the rest home, and she has to go live with her as well. Then she starts a uh, like temp business for women, um, and gets a whole lot of different female employees that she can then send to go and infiltrate various industries, including getting somebody to have an affair with Bob and steal him away seconds. from Meryl Streep, um, and uh, find show that he has been embezzling money, and he gets uh, eventually sent to jail, and she finishes having her revenge on him. I think there was one more step, but I forgot it. Cool. Wow. <laughs> Made it. Okay, she, um, I feel like yeah, we found the there. Meryl Streep of movie in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know that. Yeah, one. I'm just a lowly um, Sigourney Weaver of <laughs> oh, movie in the middle. Um, yeah, my, my aim to become Deirdre McDonald of movie in the middle. It is yeah. continuing. Um, yeah, so. What? What do we like about do the Do we film? have any bottles Yes, for this? I do. Meryl Streep. I enjoyed Meryl Streep a lot. I honestly, I think she's fine, but I think that everything she does good in this bar, except potentially her interview voice, which I thought was very fun. Yeah. I felt that she did the rest of the stuff better and Death Becomes Her, where she's kind of I doing a similar mode. I, I, like, it's not quite a similar no, It's I, not exactly I, the same. Not exactly think, the same, but I think there's a lot of that kind of like elegant glamour woman that's stuff. True. Is I very think she's, similar. Um, I don't know, I think, I actually think this might be a more nuanced work than Death Becomes Her. I don't think she falls quite as hard in Death Becomes Her. And um, I, I don't know, like Meryl Streep, rearranging like there's a scene in the movie where she's like making out with um 
Bob in, in the jacuzzi. Bob played by? Ed, Ed Begley Jr., who I don't know. Apparently oh, he is the dean in Veronica Mars <coughs> many years later. Wow, you are so dismissive. He's, he's like... He's a character actor. He's like renowned character actor. Is he? Yeah. What else has he been in? He's in Arrested Development. He's in Veronica Mars. He's like. Who does he play in Arrested Development? I don't know. It's just some <laughs> dude who's in five So he's renowned as in you saw his IMDb page and you he's recognized like, a lot of the like TV one of those, shows. Yeah, he's exactly. <laughs> he, that's the definition of a character actor. Right. I know. Look, he's a character actor. Look, to me, I know that his dad, Ed Begley Sr., won an Oscar. That's all I know about him. I know um, that he was miscast in this role as an attractive man. Um, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, anyway, Same Meryl. For the bananas. To me, I'm just like, um, yeah, to, like there, there's the scene where they're making out in the jacuzzi and then uh, Bob's kids come around and like Bob is freaking out because like, why is his kids here? Um, and then he, he goes and uh, admonishes Roseanne and that leaves the kids with Meryl. And I just laughed so much at Meryl Streep strategically placing bubbles on her and just like her facial expressions are really funny. And I think Meryl just excels in this. Like, I think I looked forward to the parts with Meryl in I, this movie a lot. I think that's a symptom of how bad the rest of the film is. Yeah. Because I think um, the writing and the direction doesn't like you need a good team to like create good improv i think so like the moments where she improvises within the parameters of what she has to do are quite funny because she's just like throwing things at the wall sometimes literally um like there's like she's great when she gets to do like the the interview voice which is very poised she and has composed. a very good impression of a woman who would be on a 80s women's magazine. yeah yeah and then like when she is freaking out there's like one shot where she's like shoving kids in chairs and like Ed, and like and I'm like it's quite funny and also looks a slight bit dangerous because I, like that's all real I don't know I laughed so much at Mira in this movie which I was not expecting um, and I think when she falls... It's definitely the better role. Yeah. Like, oh, 100%. Um, and she wanted to play, when she first read it, she wanted to play the Ruth role. I saw that on Wikipedia and I was like, like, oh. I know, Meryl, yeah. know your type. <laughs> like, and also, she has never looked more beautiful. She I looks she's gorgeous. So, I would say so her gorgeous. styling, lovely, her hair looks great. Yeah. She looks her beautiful. Outfits her outfits well. are very strong. Yeah. Very think, gauzy kind of yeah. blouses and things. Yeah, the, the costume design is like, mm. you know, costume nicely whimsical. Um, and I really, like, I think this is probably the first maybe point in her, her career where she, like, 100% just embraced her beauty. Because before this, she was just, like, doing, like, lots of character work in lead roles. Like, you know, um, Sophie's Choice and Silkwood and, like... Yeah, it was very much like the her, like, skill her set of yeah. doing accents and, like... Prestige. Yeah. And this is the first time she's kind of, like, you know, let her hair down and... Which contributes to, like, Meryl Streep as movie star. Like, that's a step towards it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just my, don't know if like yeah I just I didn't find her moments that funny like I know this obviously comedy is very subjective but I was like she's fine and like I felt like it was Meryl was elevating like the role she was potentially doing that, yes, like that more yeah. than it was written she was working I don't I don't think she's like slacking off in this role no she's working hard she's working pretty hard but I just felt like the role was so poorly like everything was so poorly written in this yeah. film everything was so poorly directed that uh, you know there's only so much that she can do to make this work i've got one other bottle mm. which isn't really a bottle my bottle is the concept like this genre like i don't 
like obsession and like one character being like obsessed with another sometimes like a lot of the time it's it's women like those kind of narratives of notes on a scandal i really love that kind of stuff i really love like fucking super genre poppy oh, shit yeah. like I, yeah the all about eve or like the I'm like the same and the, i think that's why i mean i i still like think this is a largely bad movie sorry to spoil the end of the podcast yeah. <laughs> but um i think i enjoyed it a lot more than you guys because oh. i think there's like a factor of camp in the film that i was just like oh it's going to happen what <laughs> what's and i found it quite, like not terrible but watchable and... I guess it was appealing to watch uh, an older film. <laughs> I mean, it's the best I can get, like an 80s film, and be like, oh, what What are they going to do? Like, all I- the Roseanne parts to me were like, no. <laughs> this is the thing, is I'm like, I didn't find it watchable because... Like 70% of the film is the Roseanne parts. <laughs> yeah. And like, like so much and, that, of it is and the stuff that they're doing is another genre that I really enjoy, which is like the, the pranks, like the, yeah. the Home Alone Basically, kind of yeah. style, yeah. like blowing up the house Home and alone, stuff like that. Matilda should be deeply entertaining. Yeah. But it's, um, everything is just so, so badly written I, I, and I executed. I, I, it's bad, but I, th- I got some enjoyment out of the. <laughs> I don't know, the bad campness of it. I don't know, it's weird. I also loved that this movie has Linda Hunt in a weird role. We'll talk about it in, yes. a, in a minute. But, yeah. She I didn't was, mind her. She was all right. <laughs> I was just like, she was giving so much in that role. Like, especially at the beginning. She was so, you know, refined. And then to see what her character ends up with in the end. Not terrible, by the way. She just, like, pals around with Roseanne. And I'm just like... Ugh. One, another a bottle for me, uh, a sequence I enjoyed, uh, is the part when uh, Roseanne Ruth is setting up her new temp agency for women w- along with Linda Hunt's character. I can't remember what her yeah. name is. Um, and they decide Hooper. To, Hooper. Um, they had to collaborate on their new agency, Vista Rose, um, and they buy a crappy old building. And then it's there's so a funny, short yeah. montage, fast-forwarded montage, where they renovate it. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is a nice break from it's, the film. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I, uh, I enjoyed that, the renovation moment. <laughs> I, liked, I liked the idea of Vesta Rose, of, like, how do you show, like, a character, like, rising and, like, yeah. extending. I like that concept, and I liked some of the... I like the the idea of like wronged women like and like taking them under their wing, people who might not be conventionally attractive and like people that have fucked them over and being like cool, let's organize. Yeah. And we have the uh, um an appearance from I don't know the actor's name. Laurie Tension. Yeah, from um Orange the is the New, New Black. Black. Yeah. Um, and the upcoming, maybe already shown, Nora from Queens. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um yeah, that that stuff very yeah. Like, I, I like it in theory, I like but again... I like it in theory as well, but I felt like it needed to be a film... Like, just that's its own film. That's its own premise for a film, yeah. is a woman, like, is, like, a dumpy housewife whose husband leaves her for a younger, more attractive woman. woman. And so she decides to start an agency for all of mm. the other women that have been left behind by terrible men to, like, empower themselves. And, like, that's, like, a fun, like, different, uh, you know, yeah. 80s feminist comedy type I film. I don't mind that. Which in... could be its own premise, but I didn't feel like it was explored enough in this because it was in the middle of this, I'm getting revenge on my shitty husband yeah. thing. I yeah, don't they mind just that in this film, I just think it 
could have been executed properly. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I could. I'm just like, I'm annoyed because I could. I have so many notes. I could get in yeah. there and make it better. <laughs> like to me, my big complaint about Vesta Rose is like, bitch, Hooper fucking lent her money, and you go fucking name it after you, boo, bitch. <laughs> Why is it at least wait? Hooper I, I, Rose. I assumed Vesta was Hooper's first name. Vesta Rose is her like fake name. I thought Rose was her first name. No, uh, her fake name. name. I mean, like, no. But let what? me check. Let there's me a, check. Ah, I assumed when she looked at the picture of the rose that like, somebody held up some roses at one point, and Rose yeah, was thinking she, of like yeah. she made up name. the name Rose. Yeah, she yeah I thought that she was making Vista up the name rose. rose. Oh, and Hooper was just Hooper. You know, discuss amongst yourselves. I, I feel discuss, like, but either way, I'm like Vista. Okay, that's yeah. a name that you could choose. I we're, guess. We're not, anyway, not important. Yeah, I don't think she cares about like she. I don't know whether she genuinely likes yeah, Hooper or not. She's like a lackey. No, yeah, but well, that's, she, that's so she, mean. No, no, <laughs> yeah, but I, she's a mean character. I think she she's does. A ter- this is a, a, a big banana, but we'll get onto it. I yeah. do think she does like Hooper, but. Roseanne isn't a good enough actress oh. to show the camaraderie between the, the two, two of them. them. Um, because well, she does the te- a smirk. Well, the t- text says, you know, I am running away from this thing and starting a new life. And like when, when Hooper comes into the bus, she's just like, and I wouldn't have had a, a, a better partner than Hooper. And yeah. I'm like, okay, but I feel like you're just taking advantage so of her. So sh- should we talk about the elephant <coughs> in the room, which is Roseanne Barr? James. Um, <laughs> Think about your wording. No, I mean one. phrasing, no, James. Well, we're dodging around it. Um, what I haven't seen... <laughs> I don't Both men and I are like... I don't think we're talking about this. I think I'm thinking about James. No, I... So what is the... I haven't seen Roseanne. I know, I get what you're doing. You're doing fat jokes or like... No, we're saying, James, don't do a fat joke. Don't don't say (laughs) elephant in the room. I know, but that's a phrase. That's a common phrase. Anyway, anyway. Let's Um, move on. So I haven't seen Roseanne, her TV show, which is now called The Her pseudonym, Vesta Rose. Uh, All right, now uh, that's resolved. Carry on. I haven't seen (laughs) Roseanne, which is now called The Connors. What is the appeal of Roseanne? She is very definitively cancelled now. Um, well, I think the, the appeal of what she, you could talk about what her appeal was pre, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, to, like, well, in the nineties, Roseanne was like, you know, I guess the first kind of uh, exploration of the sitcom as a mi- middle class, right. like working, working class. class. Sorry, not middle class, yeah. working class. Um, yeah, working class family, uh, family situation. So, like in its wake, you know, it inspired Married with Children, Malcolm in the Middle. So she's my name at, is like, Earl. In terms of her on screen, she's good at like playing something close to herself, like yes, an every woman, an every woman, right. but also like Your average working class American woman. Pretty progressive in terms of like you know like lifting those people up in the nineties. That wasn't done. Like obviously, the the people you, who you saw on screen were like you know middle class people. And just showing that type of family in a positive light, in a, uh, yeah, even progressive light. Because I know even even in the reboot of Roseanne, like, they had, like, a trans child as one of the characters. So I don't know what's wired in her brain and, like, what happened to her. Because she was hugely respected in the industry. And, um, you know, like, Roseanne was... Had revolutionary in in the nineties in the eight, late eighties and nineties and you know it gave us John Goodman and Laurie Metcalf and mm. Sarah Gilbert among other, like other people among other things you know like because she doesn't work in this film like I maybe it's a bad character as well but like I I would say definitely is a bad character it's, it's a bad but, character yeah. but I I think uninteresting undram- un- yeah it's a bad character but I think. 
in this type of film, a good actress would have made something out of that yes. character. Yeah. yeah. You know, I could see maybe someone like Bette Midler working with this role, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, you know, there's a reason Meryl Streep was looking at this role also. I mean, like, it's the leading it's, it's the leading role of the film. But yeah, the way um, that Roseanne plays it is very, it's just very unlikable. Like, yeah. it's difficult to empathize with her. To the point, like, you know, there's a bit, like, early on where she just, like, kills one of her children's Ha- like a hamster or See, something the thing. and didn't... then she like just abandons her kids for the entire I, film yeah. as revenge for her husband and I'm like I just can't get behind you on no this. I can't get like... behind the abandoning of the kids but I do when you mention that did she actually kill the rat or she the gerbil it. she did that by accident or did oh, she do it by accident ac- I think it was an accident yeah. but then she doesn't really care about it <laughs> like or feel bad for her kids whose pet just got killed and I... turned into food I don't mind the narrative um, of someone who cracks and like absolutely wants to decimate their whole life, but I need to see the psychology of that. Like, yeah. if she's abandoning her kids and just on this railroad, to but hell, also uh, we like, don't go deeper into that. We don't really but see her we're being to a great to mother. Still. You know, yeah, like, like it doesn't seem like she's particularly like you know that her like her husband seems to never have loved her. Yeah, like. She seems to be like you know a pretty average like wife and mother at the start. It's not like he's abandoned this like wonderful thing and mm. he's totally in the wrong. It's like they should probably get a divorce. They hate each other. That's the thing. Like, yeah. they should get a divorce. That would solve everything. Yeah. Already from that base, it seems like pretty unbelievable why they're still together. But you know that happens. But then all of a sudden, Bob like goes to a a dinner where he's just schmoozing, and Meryl Streep is there, who's this like celebrated romantic author, and Meryl. Um, Sal, what's her name? Mary Fisher. Mary decides to, uh, like, not decides to, she, like, sees him and is smitten. Oh, yeah. She is head over heels, and, and it's not a play. Like it's a, not a game. She's not strategically doing anything. The way she's acting, it looks like it's a trick. The whole, like, for yeah. ages I was waiting to see, like, okay, so what's her she's game doing here? Why is she pretending yeah. to be in love with this guy? Why has she seduced him? She just is. She just loves him. To me, I think, like, I, I'm not that <sighs> mad of a, at the casting because I'm, like, he doesn't have to be super attractive because he's still married to Roseanne, as presented in the film. I think yeah. he just has to be like middle of the road. But the thing is, like, but so many women are so head over heels for this guy, that's true, and yeah. it just makes it like because it's not just Meryl, but like no, it's, it's true, not even that like yeah. Meryl gets to know him and they sort of form a connection through their personalities. Literally, she sees him at the party, no, her eyes meet, someone, and it's yeah. instant passion. It's someone who needs to have an innate. Fuckable charisma. And then the same with, like, there's the secretary, which is employed by the agency later on, who's just like, ah, my new boss, Barbie. I think we got it. It's really love. Yeah. Um, It's like, um, yeah, uh, and this is stealing a little bit from another podcast, but, like, they were talking around, um, what's it called? Uh, My God, what's the name? Um, With the three witches and Jack Nicholson. Witches of Eastwick. Witches of Eastwick. Eastwick. And how they originally were going to have Bill Murray in that role and how that wouldn't have worked at all because Bill Murray isn't fuckable. He's not like, yeah, when a tear the clothes off that guy but Jack and this guy feels like a Bill Murray it feels like there's just nothing like I don't want that guy Bill Murray's different because he's dopey this guy's just like He's a there. Guy. He's, he's just, just the there. Normal. Yeah, like, he's just a normal He's white playing an accountant dude. Yeah. and he seems like yeah. he, it's like they cast an accountant without yeah. reading the script and like knowing what I he's supposed to be I think this guy like. has his own version of Dopey. It's just the play, the film isn't requiring I mean, the Dopey. Like, this guy, he's like kind of not, it's not even that he's Dopey, he's kind of reprehensible. He's just well, kind of gross. He me, like pervs on every woman that he's yeah. in any proximity to. He immediately cheats on his wife. Mm. Like he's just, he's got no appealing qualities. Well, and, <laughs> and I think the film doesn't want him to have any appealing qualities. 
qualities. It's just like just I think it, I think what doesn't make or, sense yeah. to us is just the like um, how is it working? The, yeah, the, the ratio or like the distribution of attractiveness between yeah. the three of them. So Meryl Streep is very hot in this movie. This guy is like fine, whatever, ugly even. Like, no, I wouldn't say he was ugly because Roseanne, as presented in the film. Is, is ugly. ugly in this film. Though, again, it is basically just, it's Roseanne Barr, but we have given her a slight moustache colouring and a mole. big mole. Um, um, so I'm like, me, and like made her look sense. dowdier. Someone yeah. like, like Jack Nicholson, where like he's kind of like scummy, but also like a social climber, and like also like people want him because Jack is at that time, I especially. Could, I could see Jack. Charming. I could see Nazi Jack married to Roseanne. I think it's a thing. It's like, I, I feel like even <coughs> if it wasn't. Like, if they'd written it so that rather than him being, like, a hot guy, supposedly, or, like, someone that's out of his, you know, like, uh, that's not in Roseanne's league that's yeah, yeah, jumping yeah. up to Meryl. Yeah. If he is, like, a fairly, you know, not physically attractive guy, but he's very charming or something mm, like that, and yeah. we get to see a moment of him, you know, like, uh, having a, a connecting moment with Meryl Streep's character, you know, I might believe been... that more than just, I looked at him and my it's, eyes well, widened. These, these are, like, my first played. draft screenplays you know or, like, scripts where it's just, like, they do it because I want them to. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're you just know together. Was too young for this role, but would have been perfect. Bill Pullman. He would have been great. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's got that. He's like. He's normal looking. He's enough, normal looking, but, but still attractive. There's but, something about but him. But there's something about him yeah, where you're like, yeah. oh, I'd fall in love with him. No, I think that's, that is that is very true. It's good. That's a good, it's good call. <laughs> Dermot Moroni, our fame. <laughs> uh, Dermot Moroni is a, a man. He's just a guy. <laughs> uh. Um, but yeah, no, there is very like I've got my two Barbies and I'm making them kiss. <laughs> this quality yeah, of this film throughout the yeah. whole film. Uh, like, there's even characters like so. Like Meryl Streep's mum is supposed to be like this anarchic. Like yeah. she says the things that people don't say. Yeah, and she's just boring. She's just laughing all the time. There's yeah. no bite. There's no insight. It's well, just, to me, I you're just going through the motions. Yeah, not just that, but I'm just like. <sighs> Yeah, it's very surface level. I was like, where is the scene of you as mother and daughter? You know, like, just like, and I don't like, see it. There is one scene in which, like, uh, the mother character does an interview in which she's like, uh, she drops the bomb <gasps> oh, that's going to yeah. ruin Meryl's career. Son. Where she's, yeah, Chekhov's son, where she says like, oh, well, one thing that she won't tell you is when she was a teenager, she was such a slut. She got knocked up and we had to give the baby away. She's got a son out there somewhere. And, and we're like, that's going to come back. It Doesn't. Never, comes back. never comes never back. Comes back. I don't remember that. It never comes no, back, never so comes no back. wonder you don't remember it. Well, during that interview as well, there's Inept. like there's a really weird subplot <coughs> where Roseanne's daughter is like seems very young. Okay, yeah. Um, and oh, she's yeah, like, the, the teen thing. She's like, she's not like Let's, she's almost pre. I feel like she's kind of fifteen, yeah, yeah. like fifteen age, but she but still looks like, young. Mid, whole, she's mid puberty. Like <laughs> they they make a point of like there's a photographer for the article and he just gets bored and slacks off and starts like taking these like glamour shots glamour, of her and like, her like bikini. Play. And it's not and then, it's not even like she's like a quote unquote hot teen from the movies. She looks like a normal. She looks girl. like a normal teen. Yeah, it's yeah. a thing. It's like she's just now wearing. She's stealing Meryl Streep's clothes and putting them on, and like yeah. and like posing in her bikini for this photographer. Like, and we're yeah. like, okay, that's what we're happening in the background. There's Maybe another sequence where, and then yeah, yeah, she's dancing with the, the butler. butler, like the, the sexy yeah. butler that Meryl Streep clearly used to date before she fell on the bomb. Another conversation: the weirdness of the butler and what they're trying to do with that role. I don't. Which they didn't decide. They no, never made yeah. up their mind about um, what that was. But yeah, like. But yeah, there's this moment where. Like Meryl catches them like sort of like dancing, slow dancing yeah. together and we're just like ah, ah, yeah, what's the, going on the script hasn't adapted to the 
the the actors that they've cast. Yeah, and like she's not old enough. It's just weird. It's just gross. It's just weird. <laughs> We're watching it, being like, "Ooh, go away! <laughs> she's a child. Leave she's her a child. alone." Um, but it does make Meryl Streep's reaction like yeah. you know, it <laughs> quite makes genuine, sense. Um, yeah. very genuine. But yeah, it's just like it's just a gross moment. We're all like, I there's know moments about that. where like the butler is working out and he's like screaming in ecstasy from working out and being so hot. Apparently, the film is trying to tell us that he's very he's, sexual. He's a butterface. I'm just gonna say it <laughs> honestly. Yeah. and, and <laughs> he's then, just like a muscly man with an accent. Yeah, like, he's just like lad really lover. And then, like um, honestly, Meryl, you can hire a better butler. Like, <laughs> and then the and then she's like, oh, I want him so bad. And then he oh, slams shit. the door on her. I've and she's like, oh. And then that's supposed to be a punchline. It never line. comes back. I've uh, I've cracked the movie, guys. What? So Mary Fisher just has bad taste in men. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. She could have literally anyone. Is there a single yeah. attractive man in this film? Oh. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. I do think, <laughs> like. At least in my understanding, like it seems like in different eras, what is the standard for male attractiveness changes hugely is one thing that seems to come up as well. Like, I don't know. Yes, like, so. I see like people who are cast as romantic leads in like 80s and 90s films, and I'm like, really? So, around really? this time, it was like it was getting into the Burt Reynolds, like on the Playboy magazine kind of time, right? That's, isn't that older? Yeah, but like 70s, 80s. I don't 70s, know. If, yeah, and this is 89. This Sean 80s, Connery's yeah. Zardos in that. But I'm like, Sean Connery, he's <laughs> not an attractive man. Like, no, but that's the. He's Wait, not or he is? Did he no. say he's not an attractive man? What? Have you seen the James Bonds? Yeah, he's just, he's like. A smooth man, but he's just kind of. Like, oh my god! Okay, so he looks yeah, like I, he'd be quite hairy. I, I don't think, know. Well, he that's looks the idea. That, so hot. That's the whole craze of. But like, this is the. the I mean, 80s I don't. I think, like hairy. Yeah. All men. of that type of. They're very. It's the Burt Reynolds thing where I'm just like, oh no. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. It's cool. Like, it looks like they'd smell bad. I don't know. I, yeah. Burt Reynolds, I don't get the appeal, but young Sean Connery, yes, please. I yeah, totally. It's yeah. like Clark Gable. Never understood why people found him attractive. But he's. I can get. I can see it. It's more his charm, like, really, than like square jaw. Like so, square jaw, good. I think big muscles. I no. think all like well, big muscles generally no. I think generally baseline men aren't attractive. Right. Unless, <laughs> <laughs> men aren't attractive unless they prove to you that they're a nice person over time. Right. <laughs> and Bert and yeah. Sean don't seem nice to you. They just so seem quite masculine and kind of yeah. like, they'd probably be quite toxically masculine. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. I mean, you watch any Definitely. James Bond, that's what you'll get. Like, yeah. I decided to rewatch Goldfinger. I don't have like a great vibe from like, them. Uh, go away, uh, honey, man talk. And then yeah. he just slaps her on the butt. And you're like, yeah. wow. Which is funny because Goldfinger is the best James Bond film. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, the, my point is, like, it seems, like, I feel like female standards of beauty have been more could, consistent throughout the last us, hundred years. And James are still, like, reeling from Cassandra <laughs> saying that Sean Connery well, is like, not attractive. I just, I, I, I just want to uh, go, I I go through them in terms of, like, people that are thought of. So, like, James Dean, you're into? Would you oh, say? yeah. He's more soft. You like softer men, I guess. Like soft boys. Okay. So, I mean, same, but also some people are just, I think, well, like, I think, well, I thought objectively attractive. What do you think of, like, Ryan Gosling, who's kind of Oh, yeah, he's attractive. Up? So, like, Paul Newman is a Paul yes. Newman's attractive. 100% the yeah. hottest person no, I'd agree with that. in, in yeah. the world. Okay, yeah. Is it those blue eyes or is it like... But he's yeah. not that masculine. Yeah. He's there's not that something masculine. about He's masculine, but like, like there's I a quality I couldn't imagine him like ripped on a bodybuilding magazine, right. Paul Newman. No, see, you know? the thing with Paul Newman is his face is like an 11. 
So it doesn't mm. really even matter. Like what yeah, he looks like. Yeah, it's the like. face. Is it's the, the main face. thing. Yeah, I'm gonna guess like Steve McQueen and Clint Eastwood's a nose. No, yeah. even um, I'm. I don't know who Steve McQueen looks like. Um, yeah, but... he's the director of Twelve Years a <laughs> yeah. Slave. I just know there's two of them, <laughs> but I don't know what the old-fashioned one looks Is like. The cover of The Great either. Escape. Have you? I haven't seen The Great Escape. Uh, um, Tom Cruise. Oh. Face wise, just face. He's a bit too much. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. personality and no. Personality and no, but I mean, like, it's hard to excise yeah, his personality. To be fair, from he, was very he was very hot. He was very hot when he was but, young. No, no, he, I think he's charming, but he's just not, like, I don't, yeah. know, I don't know. He looks a bit like he's manufactured in a Brad factory. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, young, very hot. Mm. What's the. Oh, I was thinking Fight Club. Edward Norton? No. No. He's not like he's not. I'm not like lobbying for these names. No, I was just like, I'm just thinking of like objectively, you know, the hottest men or whatever. Oh, sure, right. George Clooney. See, not for me, but I no. do understand the appeal, but I, not, not for no, me. No, not for no. me. I think, well, to, it's because it's we know their personality as well, and I'm just like, <laughs> smug. <laughs> uh, Jude Law. Oh, Jude Law is nice. Jude Law is like. He's, yeah, he's so He's like, you'd, you'd fuck, but then you're yeah. like, no, go away. Jude Law, I think, would be attractive if his personality was better, but yeah. he, he seems like he a seems dick. seems a bit arrogant. No, yeah. he is a soft boy, like, just from mm. his early films, you know? But again, this is the thing, I'm like, but now I know his personality, I'm like, no. No, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and I assume Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. No, out, no. Out. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. no. I was, I'm just thinking, like, I'm thinking by film, so I was thinking Talent Mr. Ripley and then um, uh, fucking... <laughs> um, hunt, hunter, hunting, good one. Hunting, hunting, Mister Ripley, the second yeah. one. Robin Williams, when Robin Williams, <laughs> Williams. Robin Williams. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? But he's kind. He's a kind man. Ah, uh, you know, he's a nice man. Yeah, yeah. but Just, he's not like you know, no, like wow, what a sexy guy. Yeah. His face value is not. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm sorry, is, whoever is attracted to Robin. We're Robin going. Wait, I feel like this is so off top, off topic in every way. I'm not cutting it. It's but like, like what no, men are attracted. It's absolutely, I think. It's, but I'm like, look, it's a small, it's a small sliver. Yeah, it's yeah. the it's population. It's fascinating. I mean, but this, then again, this it's could the, be a segment thing. It's going like, forward yeah. in terms of. But I feel like it's the not. thing is like I don't know, like women attractiveness oh, to men is God. just like oh, yeah. I, it's know, so different from like attractiveness to women. Like you know, like being attracted to women yeah. is like a different type of I don't know. It's like, but I think also like female attraction is just very different than male attraction, generally. Mm. Like mm. it's just less visual. To, wait, to like, being like, what, to like women's attraction to whoever Men. they're attracted to, yeah, yeah, like is people. less visual than like male attraction to whoever they're so, attracted so, to. So, so, so men know? put a lot more stock into just into what face things look value like, and like things. I say and, people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. at least that's what you're thinking. But like, men's attraction right. to people is more visually related. I guess I, think, I see it. Whereas, yeah. yeah, I just I think that's, that's just I think that's an that's, a, that's a thing that's existing. I don't yeah, think it's me. No, I, I get it that's because I do definitely theory. see more like I find like attractive women with guys who I don't see as attractive, yeah. more <laughs> than the other way around. Like, yeah. attractive guys are usually with attractive women and not, you know personality girls and in terms of <laughs> yeah men i find that a lot of the time for me it's personality and then sometimes if they're like really attractive then it'll be like yes you um know? I, I know. it's it's a combination sometimes hot is just hot and i'm just like you know what i'll risk it all for a night and then i'll buy tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> even if you're dumb and whatever <laughs> so 
Anyway, what have we learned from this film? <laughs> so who's our hot MVP of the week, guys? The hottest person in this film is the, still Meryl Streep. Stre- and it's the new section like, of Mixed Bag, hot MVP. However hard this film tries to make us <laughs> think that Bob, that, well, Bob not or hot. a 15-year-old Or this 15-year-old child is not Lord. hot. Um, or the weird butler, not hot. <laughs> no. no. Not even the, like... She's a teen, but no. This film makes us want to believe that she's a hot teen. She is not. So yeah, she's, she's clearly she's not like a twenty-five-year-old playing a teen. This yeah. is just a regular teen. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, the the kids know. are bad too. They're not very good actors. No, I don't like the, the kids. The kids are also just such brats. Yeah, like yeah. the whole the whole purpose of the kids being in the film is that they are more troubles for Mary Fisher to have to deal with in yeah. her life yeah. to ruin her life. Oh, and like they fucking push the joke so hard on some things. Like the final scene, there's this whole sequence where Bob is now in jail and he burns the lasagna. And they're like, And there's like a stupidly too long scene with yeah, yeah. the guy being like, Wow, what's burning? Huh? My lasagna. What's going on? I only put it in for twenty minutes. (laughs) You put the temperature up to five hundred. Ah, it's supposed to be three oh Anyway, gotta go see my wife. And it's like we didn't need to have five minutes of screen time for that. For this joke which they feel like they can't give away, where he opens up some cookies and they're burnt black. They're terrible, obviously. I made you some cookies. And everyone goes, Mm, wow, yum, thanks, really Dad. Nice. Wow, great, thank you. And they feel terrified. The the film feels terrified to be like, but but they're bad. He's they're, bad. He's oh, bad sorry, at cooking. They're not terrified. They're, they're they're desperate to let you know that, but they they they're being subtle. They yeah. think they're being subtle. It's you, you know what I found so dumb. interesting about this film though. In one of the wide shots, there was a rainbow flag, <laughs> and I was like. Okay, cool. Well, I bet that was not production design. Yeah, it was exactly. There. It was just there. Um, just, you know, that's like the, the Starbucks coffee cup. New York City. Yeah. Game of Thrones. I mean, it was oh, 1989. I got, so. a, I, got yeah. a, I got a bottle. I was really interested in seeing Times Square at that time. You know, there was a camel's Prep before they cigarettes. pedestrianized it. Um, yeah. They, yeah. There's a scene where they throw papers. Um, and very ordinary days. I was that very was interested in seeing them. Uh, uh, New York, except for the fact that one of the flyers landed up in front of the library. Yeah, they're standing like in Times Square throwing some flyers, and then you see somebody in front of the New York Public Library on one of the lions like grab one from the air. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> guys, people live in New York, like, people are going to know that's wrong. <laughs> like... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> is there anything it's else you so want to say about this? The, um, the music uh, is oh. not good. <laughs> I, was, I feel like I was going to say, I, I started that like it was going to yeah. be a bottle, but it's a banana. Howard Shaw. Um, you're a very talented man. You've done a lot of like good scores, iconic scores, and yet I don't know what happened with this I one. I think it's, it's very like Howard Shaw, you might even be hot for a man. Who knows? <laughs> we don't know what you look like. I it's... think how like I don't have a problem with the actual score itself. I just felt like it was See, so I think it's overpresent just how it's and like to overpowering. Me, I don't remember scores. I don't remember it. At I just all. felt like the whole time through it was just like brip, 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 like that's not how the music sounded, but it was very like I'm right here with my violins at you. In your face. Not only that, it was explicitly telling you how to feel. This is a funny scene. Fun, 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 funny. And it's like, go away. <laughs> Please leave me alone, Howard. Yeah. Let me be with my thoughts for I don't a know moment. how much control also, the score has, yeah. but I f- that felt... I just blame it all at the, on the director. I don't know who it is. I don't know who wrote this, but... Susan Seidelman... I only know her because she directed um, Desperately Seeking Susan. I have not with seen Madonna. Yeah. Yeah. The more right? you know. There we yeah. go. So this is <laughs> also, what, the big film. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to um, her mole? 
Did she just? I'm I, she just I, got, yeah, this is the thing. Is I was like, I guess she got it removed. Yeah. But I was, like, I was kind of tracking it. There's a bit where she's in her agency, Rose, where it's like whatever Rose, whatever it's called, Vesta um, Rose, Vesta Rose, and um, she's she's got it there, but it's kind of like whitened, like the 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 darkness of it is yeah. like fading away and then yeah at the end it's totally gone i'm just like <laughs> it's like that's that's not something that just goes over time no. with cream yeah. on it you have to go no, get that surgically no, she's, like. well let's just assume that she did also what happened to hooper in the end i want to know knows? disappeared I to guess... me well to me like like the real life um linda hunt i just read her as queer <laughs> linda hunt what else has she been in cuz i i recognize her face and i don't remember um, the year of living dangerously, where she played an Indonesian man and won an Oscar. Yikes! Uh, yikes. <laughs> That's a Mel Gibson film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, what else has she been in? I uh, feel like she's played. That's a big yeah, yeah. She's she's Edna Mode. Um, obviously, like oh, right. she voiced okay. and is well. She didn't voice it. It was based on it's her. Based thing. on her and, and Brad Brad Bird oh, was okay. the one who um voiced yeah. it. She has a strong headmistress vibe. I feel like she's she been does, a headmistress yeah. in something I've seen. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I think like Roseanne's like mole going, whatever the character's called. I just it's all a wash for me. Um, like it builds up to like a no, a, a line from Bob being like, "You look really good." And um, does she really like? She looks fine. She looks, she looks fine. She looks the same, but the same, just but basically just got rid and of just the mole like, and like, nice like, clothes, like yeah. styled to tidy hair and yeah. yeah. Um, and what is that saying about? Why does she have to serve these it's men? This, it feels like a weird, like, well, it's, it's like weird. trying to be feminist. Yeah. But it doesn't quite get there because, like, it's still all about taking revenge mm. on this guy and, like, living in spite of this guy and in trying to show yeah. off to this. And it's like, again, and this is why, like, my pitch for the movie, where it's just about the agency and it's about, like, getting over this guy and forming a more empowered yeah. life. Exactly. Much better, much more empowering, well, I, much more of a fun And I had assumed, because, like, they have the... it's the, the scene with Bob isn't the final scene. There's a final scene where she goes and gets a book signed with Meryl, who now oh, yeah. has figured it out and has written a, a serious book after she... Wrote yeah, a One thing we, we missed is that, yeah, she wrote her latest romance novel. It's called Love and the Rinse Cycle and is inspired by her love, great love for Bob. Uh, um, yeah. and, and it's very bad and, and so it fails very badly. I had assumed when, like, she, uh, they, she goes to the book signing. Um, what's this character called, Roseanne's character? Rose. Ruth. Oh, Ruth or Rose? Vesta <laughs> Rose. Oh, Rose. Ruth. But she changed Rose. her name to Vesta okay, Rose. Okay. <laughs> when Rose rocks up to Mary, uh, I had assumed that they'd be like, hey, we're on the same team. Like, that guy was trash. Yeah. Like, yeah. what's up? Solidarity. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or it doesn't even have to be like that much. It's just like maybe a, a wink or an just like an acknowledgement. But instead, you know? what we get is the wildest filmmaking decision throughout this whole film is Meryl is looking up at Rose and Rose's eyes flash with flame. Low red. She a she devil. And then she walks on the street, and then Elvis Presley's "You're the Devil in Disguise" plays, and yeah. a whole lot of women are walking there. And I'm like, what is, red? What are we? What are we learning from this? Like, what is this know. saying about know. women? About well, the world? About I, for one, marriage? am looking forward to the sequel, Meryl Streep, Roseanne. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, the sequel, The Devil Wears Prada, yeah. was actually very well received. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, exactly it's the those. trilogy, Death Becomes Her, and then The, the, the Devil Wears Prada. Um, I hadn't seen The Death Becomes Her until like a year ago, and it was terrific. 
do check it out. If it's you're looking a, at like, if this is the thing, I'm like, I just can't imagine any context in which it'd be worth watching She Devil when you could just watch Death Becomes Her and get Meryl in the same type of mode yeah. of humour in a much better film. And you've got has got the same Bruce Willis like actually trying. Oh my god, Bruce, um, Bruce Willis would have actually have been like suitable for the like, character. Bruce Willis in yes. his Death Becomes yes. Her makeup is basically oh, like yes. <laughs> the level of dowdy that we need. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Wait, as who? I thought you meant as the guy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, like in his death, as in, in the oh, makeup in his that he's makeup. wearing, oh, like, you know. As I the, thought for a second you were pitching him in the makeup. To no, play no, 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 no. I mean, like the, what his styling for death becomes her, but like he could play Bob in this. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um. So, well, anything yeah. else to say? Um. There's a disgusting scene. Well, it's not disgusting, but like with Dunkin' Donuts. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just, it's, just it's again like filmmaking economy of filmmaking where it's like let's spend a lot of time on this moment where Roseanne eats donuts dramatically. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And she's trying to. That's well, the bit where she lures and um. Hopper, Hopper to her scheme. Yeah. Because she has a donut and she lets her have a donut. The yeah. whole like time at the rest it. home like it felt. like... Oh my god! I just forgot about the rest home and how she like hopped them up on like yeah she yes. like swapped Life their pills. regular pills for like uppers uppers right. yeah and it feels like a <laughs> scene right. when they're all outside playing soccer I will and it feels like a, like a it's trying to have the same thing that kind of like Sister Act has of like old oh, people they're funny like nuns I they're will, a novelty I will commend that it looks like the old people were the actually actually the ones playing soccer. So I, the old people you know, did have fun. Yeah, yeah they did have fun. Great Let's stunt work in this film. Good old people fun. I or just, lack of stunts. So here's the thing, man. Looking back, it's just like, damn, Roseanne just not, does not exude good person energy at all. No, no. <laughs> she's just such a sour and like revenge-seeking yeah. person in this film. Such a, it's just such not a good blank, to watch. monotone um, voiceover throughout the whole thing as well. Yeah, yeah. no, because like, this is adapted yeah. from a book, so I got to assume that it's a lot of those person. passages are lifted yeah. from the book, which are yeah, likely in first person. Um, yeah, yeah, I there's just whole bits that I just was watching so impassively. Um, there were yeah, just long periods just where James episodic. and I were like, "We've only got twenty minutes in. We've got so much <laughs> more to watch." Like, it was not a fun time yeah. over here in the the Canty's household. Yeah, so let's get to bag or boots. I'll go first. I just I will get it quickly over and done with. I hated this film, guys. It was just not yeah. not a fun time. I wished I was doing something else. Um, uh, there were a couple of nice moments in it, but overall, like. There are so many other Meryl Streep films you could watch. It is a straight up biff from me. I think yeah, I enjoyed it a little bit more than you, but yeah, biff. Next. <laughs> I think this might be the worst film we've reviewed. No, I think it's still what better. Is, what is it's worse? It's still better than Nick and Nora's. Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. No, I think this is worse than Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. But I would say they're quite... At a similar level. To I would put it I just fe- below. I felt I'd things during Nick below. and Nora when the girl with the toilet and all that stuff. Yes, I, I had a reaction. But also Nick and Nora, I'm just like, this is so boring. Like it, this it was, was a boring too. This was so I don't know. I, I had Mira to like keep me through. Um, I don't know. There's something about Nick and Nora that's just like so bland in my head. Like, yeah. At least this is doing something. Yeah, I just. I'd also put Treasure Planet down there as well, but I know that there's so Treasure many Treasure Planet defenders. is definitely not as bad as those two films. We've got Treasure Planet's like a league above those two. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's yeah, still not good, it's a, but it's, it's, it's a, a league above. It's a biff from me as well, so that is a It's a triple boof. Yeah. Well, congratulations to hot MVP of the... We'll, we'll think of this... 
title later on. But I want to, you know, the, reward, the, hottest, the, the, hottest, the hottest person in the film. I, I, I want to do it. Congratulations, Meryl Streep for Miss Meryl Streep for, for being this week's hot butter. Hot, hot butter. butter. I don't know. We'll workshop it. This week's hot topic. Um. Uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. You're the hottest in the film. Congratulations. You've probably never looked hotter, to be honest. Yes, I'll honestly say, like, Meryl Streep does look great. Yeah. If this was a still picture, good job. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a, a bang. Unfortunately, it moves, and there are other people that come into the frame as well. Next episode, we continue on with Meryl Streep season. <laughs> God, how much longer are we doing Meryl Streep's in? Like, it's... it's, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> We've got a couple more films, unknown. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a couple more. We've got a few more things. I, think, um, I don't know if we'll set, we've decided what we're well, doing Well, I mean, we're definitely next. doing... Um, we're definitely doing a few films. And we like, have got a couple down the, down the track. Well, yeah. The confidence. We're definitely doing <laughs> films. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, be doing, we'll be doing some films. films. Yeah. And will Meryl Streep keep her title... Of hottest bag in the room. <laughs> um, Look, hottest room in the bag. We got a couple of quick shout outs that we want to do, uh, both in the theatre um, and on the um, audio drama. Our final uh, uh, run of Apocalypse Songs is happening. The fourth episode uh, is out on Apocalypse Songs podcast. So if you want to check that out, um, it's good fun. There's some real twists. Also, let them know where they can listen to it live. You can also listen to it live. The final will be airing on Radioactive on Saturday, the 1st of August at 11.30 a.m. Yeah. Um, and if you want to catch up on previous episodes, yep, just look up Apocalypse Songs. Most people seem to be listening on Spotify, so... Check Get it out on there. it. Um, there is also, uh, if you are based in Wellington, um, Cassandra has her solo cabaret called That's All She Wrote, which um, she stars and has uh, written and I'm directing. James is directing it. I have not seen any of this, but I saw that Cassandra's wearing a fabulous gown from the back at least. <laughs> we spent a long time, well, James <laughs> made me change into the dress and then spent a long time trying to frame the dress <laughs> for his promo shots. Um, yeah. So it's going to be fun. It's a terrific dress, and we don't want to give away. Uh, and Cass looks terrific in it. Uh, and we yeah, don't want to give away. It's all just for looks. Yes, it's look, a modeling show. You know what? <laughs> Let's say it now, for that's all she wrote. Cass, hottest butter. <laughs> She's the only one. Well, uh, there is a band, there is actually. A band. Oh, the band are all actually very hot, so I'm afraid to Matt, say. <laughs> well, okay, you are being incredibly rude for saying Cass is not the hottest butter. <laughs> that's Everyone's your fiance. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I've outed myself as a wife guy uh, by being like, <laughs> I love my wife to be. James um, is the most wife guy, despite not being married yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so check out That's All She Wrote. It's only on for five nights, and the opening night has sold out. So four nights Get from the there, 11th yeah. to the 15th at Circa Theatre. All right. Well, so where, can, where can everybody find us? Do we still have to do this section? Not necessarily. I guess for Mixed Bag, but not the person. Where can everybody find yet? Mixed Bag? Does anyone else want to take it? Uh, you can follow us at Mixed Bag Pod on Twitter and at Mixed Bag Podcast on Instagram. Nice. And Facebook is kind of used too. Oh, yeah. Find us on Facebook. Just search it. Who the fuck uses Facebook? To keep Still. up with their current events. Yeah. Oh I my don't god. Think so. That photo of Mark Zuckerberg with a white face. Yes. But also terrifying. But also weirdly like nice buns. <laughs> That's again not a thing I noticed. <laughs> so for that picture, who was the MVP? 
<laughs> it was the... The path, duh. Like, come on. <laughs> so you segment them into paths? The ocean beneath my... Yeah. Like a bird's yeah. board. The surfboard. Yeah. Um, His yeah. personal trainer. If you want to, if you want to leave us a review uh, for Mixed Bag, you can do that at Apple Podcasts. Um, we really like uh, seeing the writings, seeing your inventive thoughts. If you have feedback on uh, what you like, what you don't, that's actually useful. We we're kind of in a vacuum, um, and hopefully this vacuum sounded better than last episode. We're figuring out the new house, but yeah, let us know what you like, um, what you'd like to hear more of, what you'd like to hear less of. Uh, yeah, and suggest some films, and you know, if you want to be on the pod. We probably know you if you listen to yeah. this, let's be honest. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, from three she devils to you. <laughs> you like those flicks? Come get your fix in a podcast called Mixed Bag.